Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. The book Law of Nutrition, Challenging Conventional Dietary Beliefs has just come out. Written by Dr. Tim Noakes and Marika Sparris, it explores both the science behind the controversial Banting diet, but also explores the backstory to the inquiry, which saw Noakes eventually being found not guilty of unprofessional conduct. Dr. Noakes was challenged and brought before the Health Professions Council of South Africa by his colleagues for challenging these conventional nutrition wisdoms at the time. Earlier this year, he was found not guilty of unprofessional conduct. Marika Sparis attended the trial every day, and this book includes the backstory to the inquiry. Marika is in studio to join me, while Tim joins me on the line from Cape Town. And welcome to both of you. Thank you, Cherise. I don't think we've got Tim, um, so maybe, Marika, we'll start with you. Okay, um, This book has been very difficult, I think, to write um, because it's been a very difficult process. Do you want to share some of that? Um, I'm not sure I would describe it as difficult to write. Um, it was very difficult uh, as, a, uh, as a journalist recording what I saw going down because most of the time I could hardly believe what I was seeing, that top doctors, dietitians, and academics in South Africa were ganging up on one man, on a distinguished scientist, and trying to not, not only shut him up but, but destroy him. Uh, destroy his his character, his reputation, and uh, uh, as bad uh, to try and suppress evidence for a particular uh, uh, way of eating. And uh, I could barely believe what I was writing most of the time. Tim, um, I think you just joined us, and welcome, and thank you for being on High FM. Uh, thank you. Tim, Marika and I were just saying that uh, you were attacked personally and professionally, and um, reading your, the preface of your book, I got the sense that the pain you experienced is still raw. Do, do you think this book is a vindication of what you stand for? And in writing it, did it help heal the scars? Oh, definitely. Um, I think that I started writing it in the middle of the trial, and it was very helpful because I was so confused. And it helped me focus a bit more and work on, the, on all the evidence we needed to prove our case. And I felt a whole lot better since we published it. And I, I just had a wonderful moment going into exclusive books in Cavendish Square and seeing the book next to all the president's keepers <laughs> and the two books were bestsellers this week. That, 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 I, thought, <laughs> I thought, you know, the public are responding to yeah. my pain and my family's pain. Um, and are realizing that, that what we did was very important. And that, in a sense, that's why we had to do it, not just to save my own career and my name, but we also wanted the public to know the truth. It's actually quite amazing what following Banting Diet has. I mean, I was on, on, on route between Durban and Joburg, and we stopped in a little, little place in Peter Maritzburg for a quick pit stop. And Banting was an option on the menu Kind of, and it, I think it's almost become a standard practice that restaurants offer an, a banting option. Do you feel kind of a sense, um, I don't know, a sense of pride? Oh, definitely. Um, do you know there's a Facebook page in Cape Town which has a, has a million Facebook followers? <laughs> it's a banting, <laughs> Facebook page. And that, 
that, as far as I understand it, that inspired two Facebook pages in Nigeria, <laughs> oh, which wow. have a total of 1.5 million people. And it, it said they're curing diabetes and obesity and not a dietitian or a doctor in sight. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, to me, it's, it's all about, because we have to... We have to engage the public, and the public must take us forward because it's not going to come from the medical professional, the dietitians. That's what we showed. They tried, they're trying to stop it, and America made that point earlier. They're trying to prevent the distribution of this information, and the only way we'll ever get it done is by the public just to demand it. And, I, and I've seen that. I've seen, I was invited to speak to a group of cardiologists, and you'll see the cardiologists were the first to start attacking me. And it became apparent to me is what's happening, and this was in a, with 120 top cardiologists in South Africa, it became apparent to me that they've got patients coming in and say, listen, doctor, I don't care what you say about your low-fat diet. I'm on a high-fat diet. I'm really benefiting. Maybe my cholesterol's gone up, but it can't be damaging because I'm feeling so good. And some of them are saying, I don't want your medicines because this diet's working for me. And so that, that's going to force change in the medical profession as well when, when clinicians are faced with patients who got better doing the exact opposite to what they thought was going to help the patient. Hmm. We're just saying the the concept of banting is not actually a new one. In fact, it has its origins quite quite a while back. Well, indeed, you know, in the book, there's one chapter, which I I wrote the two final chapters are on, or two of the final three chapters are on the science of everything, and and one chapter is titled Once We Were Healthy, and, and people just don't understand that. I was fortunate to, to matriculate in 1966 before the dietary change, and we were still eating a predominantly high-fat, high-protein diet. We weren't into the sugars and the sweets and the cola drinks. And we were healthy, and when I graduated high school, there was one child who was a little bit heavier in our class, and we thought he had cancer because it was so uncommon. But now it's very prevalent. Mm. So I've seen the 1960s when people were generally healthy and thin. And I now come to the 2010, and you see people are quite different. And if you're born in the last 10 or 15 years, you would assume that being obese, that's the norm, and having diabetes is the norm. And, and that's not the case. We know the norm is that humans are designed to be healthy. And if you go back, the reason we're healthy is because we ate a very healthy diet for 2 million years. And this was basically based on animal produce. And once we took the animal produce and replaced it with cereals and grains, human health started to deteriorate. So that, that's, that's part of the message, is that what we're eating is, is the cause of our ill health. And for you, Marika, you are a, a health journalist, an award-winning journalist, and uh Fitness, health, healthy living has always been your passion. You write also in the book that when when the student is ready, the master will uh, appear. Mm-hmm. Tim is your master. What were you as someone who is absolutely monitoring all kind of, if you can use the word, fads? What about Tim Noakes' diet and banting appeal to you? Well, you know, at, at, um one of Jackie Mason's favorite jokes is that uh, it's no longer a question of staying healthy. It's a question of finding a sickness that you like. 
<laughs> now, now t- t- uh, the problem is that most doctors and dietitians in this country practice sick care, not health care. And, and I was about to give up journalism thinking, you know, I don't really think that I'm contributing very much here. Uh, t- uh, people around me are growing fatter and sicker. You know, t- I can't understand why I'm not uh, uh, contributing. And then I heard uh, about um, Professor Tim Noakes, who I've known, I had known him for a long time. And uh, I heard that he was doing and saying odd things. So I thought, you know, I'll find out. Um, and uh, I asked him if we could have a chat. And we had um, just out the blue, we had this it was more than two hours on Skype. And uh, when I emerged from that talk, it, uh, I was completely destabilized. And uh, the growing realization was that um, everything I thought I knew about nutrition and diet and health might very well be wrong. It still took me a while to actually believe it. Um, it was a journey. Um, you know, but Maimonides said, you must accept the truth from whatever source it comes. And, uh, and I find that, um, orthodox, many orthodox doctors and dietitians and academics at the top of their game in South Africa, they have great difficulty accepting the truth. And and uh, and I find that very, very disturbing. We're going to take a short break now because we have to. But after the break, um, Marika, we're going to look about at Jewish traditions and banting and whether the two are compatible. And Professor Noakes can tell you that they are. <laughs> <laughs> Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. I'm talking to Tim Noakes and Marika Sporis. They are the authors of the book, Law of Nutrition, Challenging Conventional Dietary Beliefs. And this book has just come out this week, I think it is, and it's already on uh, number two on the bestseller list. Marika, um, Jewish tradition, Jewish law requires the washing of hands and the making uh, a blessing over the bread. Um <laughs> Hanukkah is coming up and it requires latkes, which is, for those who don't know, potatoes, fried in oil and donuts. How do you balance tradition and eating, banting? Well, there there are lots of many different ways of doing it. Um, and, uh, you know, you really only need to go very, very low carb, as Professor Noakes can tell us, um, if you are very ill. Um, it, it just makes sense. I mean, it, uh, Maimonides said no disease that can be treated by diet should be treated with any other means. And, and uh, you know, I, I have khala every Friday night. Um, I have to say, uh, I have a tiny piece. I mean, I'm not strict low carb because I'm not sick. At, um, but, but Professor Noakes can, uh, can tell us more about how to balance tr- tradition with health. Yes, indeed, Marika. The, I think the point that you're driving at is that if you're insulin resistant, then you just have to be a little bit more cautious on how much carbohydrates you can eat. And we just suggest that humans should not be eating more than about 200 grams of carbohydrate a day. And if, like me, with type 2 diabetes, you definitely do not want to be eating more than 25 grams a day. And in between would be a range that you could choose depending on how, how ill or how sick you are. So a healthy person can easily eat 200 grams, which is going to be completely compatible with, with any religious diet that I know about. Mm-hmm. 
Tim, why do you think people should buy your book? <laughs> because they'll get the full truth. And I think I must make this point very, very clear right from the start that I have the highest regard for my profession. In the acute medicine, the trauma, the infections, the childbirth, pediatrics, the profession is astonishing. And I'm very proud of the people who taught me care for patients and they taught me that unless you give 100% to your patients, you're not, you're not good enough. And that's the, what, how I was brought up in medicine. And that's what I respect. And if you have acute illness, there is no better option than the medical profession. Unfortunately, where we did it wrong is in chronic disease because we sold out to the pharmaceutical industry in 1910, and that's a whole other story. And the pharmaceutical industry wants people who are chronically ill because they cannot, cannot make profit if we are healthy. And so what's happened is we now apply perhaps the same principles to, to, for acute management. We give medications that work. And we try to apply the same in chronic disease, and it simply doesn't work. And that's a tragedy. And what's happened in medicine is we're coming up against the limits of what medicine can do with pharmaceutical drugs in chronic disease. One could say they essentially don't work. You have to do change the diet, and that makes a massive difference. And so I want people to read this book, because once you're over the age of 25 or 30, you really need to look at your diet because if you are insulin resistant and you continue to eat a high carbohydrate diet of highly processed foods, you will land up where I am with type 2 diabetes. Fortunately, I realized my problem and started eating a low carbohydrate diet and my condition is stabilized and is, is pretty good. If I hadn't stabilized it seven years ago, I would be 30 kilograms heavier and I'd be injecting insulin and I'd have the first symptoms of the complications of diabetes. And, and you don't want that to happen. And, and what the book shows you is it doesn't have to happen. If you control your carbohydrate intake, you never, ever have to become diabetic. And by and large, there's no reason why you should become a beast. So I think what frustrates me is I, I walk around South Africa and you just see so many of these people and you know they're struggling emotionally and physically and with ill health. And there's a solution. <laughs> the book explains what that solution is. But people have to accept it. For example, two days ago was the World Diabetes Day. Now, diabetes is preventable, but every month in South Africa, 10,000 new people develop a new case of diabetes, which is completely preventable. But all the advice that is coming out from the World Health Organization so misses the point, because it won't say it's what you're eating. And if you cut your carbohydrate content to below 50 grams a day, you're going to be able to live extremely well and perhaps, or if you've got diabetes, and you won't ever develop the condition. But no one says it. And I just get so frustrated. <laughs> and, and in fact, the cause is the dietary advice we give today. It's meant to prevent heart disease. It doesn't. It causes diabetes. And the public has to understand that. 
Marika? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I just wanted to say, you know, there's, a, there's an old Yiddish proverb that says, if your time has not come, even the doctor will not succeed in killing you. <laughs> at, um, however, at, um, doctors and dietitians who at, uh, are, uh, are in too cuddly an embrace with industry, uh, uh, dish up dogma that if it doesn't kill you, it, it can certainly make you very ill. Um, and, uh, and in our book, uh, we, we give the science to show how you can d- d- take responsibility for your own health um, and, uh, and use a cheap, safe, real, accessible alternative to improve your health. And, and uh, my Faith in the medical profession was seriously flagging, but after meeting, uh, working closely with Professor Noakes and meeting through him, doctors and, and uh, scientists all over the world, I've restored it because there are many doctors with open minds who know that they don't have all the answers, and those are the doctors we need. America, we've got about one or two minutes remaining, probably one. Um, and I just want to ask you, you were behind the scenes, you went to the trials every day, and I want to ask both of you, this has been all-consuming. What next? Um, Professor Noakes, what next? <laughs> well, we still have an appeal that we have to fight. <laughs> but I'm, I work through the Noakes Foundation. We raise money to promote the research of this diet, but more importantly, the Eat Better South Africa campaign, because we're taking this diet to the poorest people in South Africa. And the changes in their health are absolutely astonishing. So it's the poorest people in this country are suffering the most because they're not being told what to eat and they're not being provided with an opportunity to eat well. So this book is available. It's The Law of Nutrition, Challenging Conventional Dietary Beliefs by Tim Noakes and Marika Sparris is available at exclusive books and I imagine all leading bookstores. Is there any um, contact details you'd like to give it? Anybody would like to get hold of you? Um, well, but, uh, Penguin Books and uh, Professor Noakes, everybody can get hold of him through the Noakes Foundation. Um, I have a website, foodmed.net, where, where anyone interested in more information. I'm just going to keep on writing on this story because it's certainly it's a never-ending journey, especially with <laughs> Professor Noakes because he, he's, he's always investigating. And, um, and uh, it's been a really remarkable journey for me. It's a privilege to work with people like Professor Noakes and the the other doctors and scientists I've met all over the world. Well, then I think it just remains for me to say thank you very much to both of you for joining me. And um, I wish you Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you very much. And to all Chai FM readers, Shabbat Shalom. Uh, uh, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> thank you, Professor Tim Noakes. Um, and indeed, thank you to all of you for joining me. If there's anything on the show that you'd like to comment on, you can email me on Sharice at sajbd.org thank you to Evelyn and DJ Flo and Vusi for helping me today until next week Shabbat Shalom